Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely regular time co-hosts, Ryan. Hi. Hi, and Ray. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, guys. This week, we are talking WandaVision episode eight previously on. But before we dive into that and all of its spoiler territory, we're going to talk news, the latest in entertainment news but uh, at the top of the hour we're actually going to talk uh a bit about our news so we've got some changes over on screen heroes we now have complete control over the public page on facebook so now you can actually find the screen heroes podcast on facebook facebook.com slash screen heroes pod it's the same handle that we have on twitter and now we have an instagram with the same handle so you can find us at the same place everywhere you can go to screen-heroes.com for all of our links to everything everywhere. And we have a new home with Dorico Studios. So Dorico Studios is now replacing the Heroes Podcast Network to kind of expand our reach a bit. We do more than podcasting now. So you can check out all of our cool stuff at DoricoStudios.com. If you used to stream the show, that is where you're going to be doing it. DoricoStudios.com. Otherwise, your feeds should not really change a whole lot. So there you go. There you have it. Don't forget, you can join us live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern now on the Screen Heroes podcast Facebook page, and you can chat with us during the show. Okay, Ray, news. What do you want to talk about? Oh, so let's talk about Avatar. What about it? Okay, so we're Nicola- talking the James Cameron Avatar, right? Ah, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Ray has exited the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so Nickelodeon has given uh, Brian Konitsko and um, Michael Dante DiMartino full control of an Avatar studio. They want to build an Avatar cinematic universe, and this is one of the few properties I believe can actually handle that. They're going to go back in time and forward in time and across the entire fictional globe their first production is a theatrical picture that's gonna start production the end of this year so i i just i'm so excited this is what i've wanted for years i've always said like checking out the world what else is going on you know with other benders or you know previous avatars going forward in time when they get to modern tech it's it's just going to be a lot of fun so i'm super thrilled about it and they can have all my money all of it mm-hmm. yeah Karen ryan anything you need to eat <laughs> anything you'd like to add ryan i know you've you've got some strong feelings about the avatar franchise yeah i mean uh I'm more a more recent edition. I'm not as optimistic as Rachel is about it, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought the Legend of Korra kind of lost me. Uh, it wasn't nearly as as good as uh, the Last Airbender, but you know, I hope that uh, I hope that it's worthy to be a successor and uh, not another one of the films. You know, like the the film, the uh, the one Avatar, the Last Airbender film that we got. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. I, I would think since it's the original creators and it's with Nickelodeon, it's probably in pretty good hands. Mm. Uh, it may be impossible to recapture the, the magic of the original show. You know, sometimes you just have a perfect combination of people involved and that's that's difficult to recreate but i definitely think it'll be better than the live action film that we got i'm not really worried about that but yeah somewhere somewhere in the middle on the upper side i would imagine is where we'll be Um, but it's pretty big you know nickelodeon giving that much control to creators is is interesting it's very unique and I look forward to seeing what they do. I'll be curious to see what it looks like if they'll have if they'll keep the 2D animation style or if they'll go towards what Nickelodeon is doing more frequently, which is the three-dimensional CGI animation. Yeah, should be interesting. I think that mm-hmm. would suit that any of those kind of series really well. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. What else we got, Ray? Oh, oh, so the Golden Globes happened last night. And if you don't know, it didn't do too well. Nobody really turned in. And I'm going to blame the pandemic because with everything going on, it's very difficult to give a shit about celebrities. <laughs> yep. Like, I'm, I'm just going to say, I do not care what these people are wearing at their home on their zoom calls and everything i don't care uh i did see quite a few of the pictures that were nominated in tv shows so i'm happy to see who've won but i i just can't imagine that they were worth it like good try guys but this could have been done in a 20 minute online announcement video or you know maybe an article we're all kind of over fanfare at this moment i didn't even know it was happening until the day of i had totally like it slipped my mind completely this year that it was even like a thing that was still going on and i found out about it while watching SNL Sunday morning on Hulu because <laughs> yeah. ours has commercials. <laughs> they did a couple of cool things. They had Amy Poehler host in LA and Tina Fey host in New York. And they had the audience filled with first responders. So Uh, No celebrity was actually invited to the event that wasn't like doing some sort of presentation. So they really did try to keep the social distancing and uh, as safe as possible. That's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big things, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah won Best Picture. Uh, Chadwick Boseman won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Soul was uh it won for original score and best animated film chloe zhao who is directing the eternals won best director she is the first asian american woman to do so so a really cool night andre day was the first black woman to win best actress in uh 35 years Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Borat won for best comedy. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess if that one for best comedy based on what I saw. Wow. Yeah. I mean, clearly like not a ton of movies were released in 2020 compared to a normal year, but that's still interesting. I didn't see Borat too, but I guess it was funny. Mm. I just heard it was really poignant. I didn't. Nobody has said, hey, this is funny. Everybody's told me, wow, that hit way too, too close to home. Well, maybe that's why it won then. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Hard to say since I didn't see it. Yeah, it's hard to say. And I did see it. So (laughs) fair enough. That's that's fair. That's a good point. What else we got? All right. So what else did I set aside? Give me a second. Well, I'm just going to throw one out there. Ryan, did you have a chance to see Marvel's MODOK trailer? I did not. You did not. Ray and I saw that. So uh, MODOK 
is a new Marvel series coming to Disney Plus uh, this this year. Um, in fact, very soon, uh, all 10 episodes drop on Friday, March 21st on Hulu, which is like, you know, two days after Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. So, you know, kind of a tight release. I'm a little surprised they didn't push that a little bit. Snyder cut too, huh? Um, and the Snyder cuts just, you know, a few days before that. So it's a really big weekend in March all of a sudden. between all of this content but and it's followed up swiftly by godzilla versus kong so now the second half of march is like the most exciting time that we've had in a while for for new content it is a stop motion is it mcu content so this uh i mean i believe so i believe it's mcu content it's a little gray mainly because it's uh it is like i said stop motion it's on hulu and it it's like a a bunch of characters that we're not overly familiar with in the MCU. Um, But Patton Oswalt is voicing MODOK, uh, which, which is exciting. Um, Melissa Fumero is in it. Ben Schwartz is in it. uh, Beck Bennett and John Daly are both in it. So it's got a pretty good voice cast. Um, And it looks like I like stop motion. So I think it looks really cool just stylistically speaking, I know next to nothing about the character because I just don't. And so I'll be curious to see what they do with it. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts? So Modog is a very formidable villain. He is in charge of aim in the comics and he is basically a floating Krang. I mean, Krang kind of does float anyway, so that's <laughs> when he's not in the body. That's true. That's true. He has like a little hover um, chair thing. After so he's, watching, it's just that part. It's just that. After watching the trailer, I am 100% convinced this is the way to do the character. He should be treated with sarcasm and a grain of salt, and I absolutely love it. So. I, yeah. I am happy with the treatment that it's getting. I don't know if you could have done him seriously. It's It seems to be very self-aware and mm. tongue-in-cheek, you know, which which is good, I think, for, for something like this. Um, it's very weird. Like, it's straight up, it's going to be a really weird thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it and seeing if it ever ties in to anything else like will we see a stop motion version of nick fury you know samuel jackson voicing them and everything I, mm-hmm. certainly possible i don't you know mcu is definitely stepping outside of their comfort zone and taking on more ambitious stranger things these days it's, you know and with the success of wandavision now i feel like nothing is really off the table at this point right sticking with marvel stuff uh there's a big leak for shang chi already because of lego <laughs> Toys are ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. Featuring a, a, a villain from Marvel Comics that oh, I didn't everybody see. wants to see. Large reptilian villain. I didn't <gasps> see that. So, I just saw the costume. Yeah, apparently I missed the costume. Was it a Lego leak on the costume too? It was a, it was a toy leak. I thought it was Lego, but maybe okay. I'm thinking of something I else. I guess I didn't see that oh. one, but I did see the Lego leak featuring that villain. There Hell was yeah. a giant uh, merch leak on Godzilla versus Kong too. Yeah, yeah, which spoiled some of that stuff as well. With all this stuff yeah. getting delayed, the whole merchandising thing is really messed up. Yeah. It's hard to stop those wheels rolling. Uh, you oh. can delay the movie, but delaying the merchandise is very difficult. Absolutely, yeah. these people have contracts and they stick to them. And it takes the factory a long time to produce stuff, so you know you have to start way ahead. Uh-huh. And as soon as the factory is producing stuff, guess what? People are going to take pictures of it. Yeah, so. it's only a matter of time, and then you know stuff gets shipped around to different distribution centers, and even more people get their hands on it. So I'll say the go- new Ghostbusters movie has had barely any leaks as far as merchandising which is very unusual i th- there's been one ghost that you can kind of see in the trailer that that uh has been spoiled because of leaks but other than that it's been nothing which is sur- very surprising to me it's interesting it, it makes me question if maybe the merchandise is just more 
standard Ghostbusters stuff. It very well could be that. Equipment and the Ecto, you know, that kind of thing, which wouldn't ruin any plot lines. It's not really a spoiler. Uh, So that that's an advantage for them because they don't have to worry about this kind of thing since that movie has been delayed quite a bit at this point uh, versus, you know, I guess Godzilla versus Kong has been delayed almost the same amount. Yeah. (laughs) At this this stage. So yeah gotta watch out for those toy spoilers that's it's a weird weird world that we live in now yeah um all right well switching over to dc news i say we talk about the news that broke about a superman movie so jj abrams uh bad robot his, his production company will be producing a new superman movie and we don't really know a whole lot about it yet. No one has been cast. Uh, everyone's calling it a reboot, which I think is a fair assumption to make, but I don't know that that's been necessarily confirmed outright by Warner Brothers and WB. And they, there's been you know some talk that they're going to bring in a black Superman, which there have been versions of in the comic books over the years, which would be very interesting. And I was curious if you guys had any thoughts or preferences or if there's something that you'd like to see that you know either would or would not include cavill if there's any thoughts that you have so i feel like marvel and dc are so fucking polar opposites it's amazing like marvel is hey guys we just graduated with our masters and we have a 10-year plan and a 401k and a nest egg and dc is like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing tomorrow dc is more like i just shit in my hand i'm gonna throw it at that wall and whatever sticks that's what i'm gonna do i I don't think that's yeah i think that's Um, a little harsh (laughs) i i'm excited i like that they're playing around with the different worlds the different universes and like for God's sakes, give this to John Boyega. <laughs> we need another British guy playing Superman. <laughs> well, I think it would be cool to see them adapt like a Val Zod storyline kind of mm-hmm. thing, and with with them doing so, the Flash movie is supposedly going to be their version of Flashpoint, not not like the comics, but that type of event. And with right. that, you know, the multiverse is already starting to get tied together with Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW, and we had you know Ezra Miller's Flash crossover. So we know all of these things are in the DC multiverse. So you could have a Valzad Superman very, very easily that you could tie him in. Um, you could have him be from a different reality. You could have the realities overwrite themselves and have him be the Superman that always has been Superman um, in our, you know, whatever the prime timeline is that we have. Right. There's a lot of flexibility from that standpoint. Um, there's also some other things that they could do. You know, the, the word Superman sometimes comes off a little vague to people because there's a lot of similar characters that have used the S. For example, Steel. Uh, Steel is the guy in the big metal suit that has the the giant sledgehammer and uh, he can fly and he's a black man. And so they could definitely go that route. He's a very cool character. Shaq kind of played that character in a movie in the 90s. Uh, very I mean, loosely. that character was a Superman. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. He used the S because he was a Superman. So, Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it could be something like that. They could go that route and do another steel movie. Um, You know, so they have some options. I I, I say that, you know, you guys were pretty quick to dismiss my shit at the wall thing, but like fans have been telling DC, (laughs) it may be mean, but they're making stupid decisions. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a black Superman. I would love to see that. However, we have fans have been campaigning for Henry Cavill to get another Man of Steel movie and get a better chance at playing the character that we want to see since the original Man of Steel came out, since BBS. Um, and, and, you know, there was rumors, oh, Matthew Vaughn is going to direct the next Man of Steel movie. You know, so-and-so is going to direct the next Man of Steel movie. And everybody's like, yes, let's do that, please. And then they're like, no, we're just going to get rid of Henry Cavill and go this completely opposite direction for because we had a bunch of controversy with a black actor. And so now we want to show everybody we're cool by having a black actor play Superman. That is kind of how it feels to be completely honest. But I, I don't, I'm more bothered by JJ Abrams. But is he just producing it though, isn't he? He's not directing it. Correct. Correct. He is at this point. Yeah. They don't have a director attached to the project. 
They don't? So, or is he just right? Do they have a writer attached? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I don't so, know. Yeah, I'm sorry. They have a writer attached. I apologize. And I, I'm sorry. I, I am not sure how to pronounce his name. Tanisi Kotas um is the the writer who is signed on to do the film again i apologize if i got that wrong but so they do have a writer attached i misunderstood i thought he was directing it um so yeah i mean i guess i suppose they could have abrams direct it as someone who has watched abrams handle both star trek and star wars now two franchises that i love quite a bit um i would like him not to direct a superman movie sure all of us have seen the movies that he's done and a lot of us have not liked the movies that he's done the franchises that he's hurt but it just says he's producing it. If he was going to direct it, I feel like they would have announced it unless it's like a last minute thing where whoever they want to do it backs out. His production company is also producing the Constantine series and or movie or whatever that ends up being. You know, there's been a lot of things that yeah. he owns a production company, so he's going to be involved right. in productions. It does not mean he's directing everything. So right. I'm totally right. Um, uh, and chat, I just want to thank Daryl here. It's Coates. Last name is just Coates. I, I mispronounced that. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that they announced this news now ahead of the Snyder cut. Uh, I think that that was probably a smart move because post Snyder cut, you have the situation where people either loved or hated it. And then that people would then would say that this was based off of that reaction. So they get kind of ahead of that. Except the now they're big. They're saying it's based off the, uh, Ray Fisher drama, which, you know, it does feel like it is like Rachel and I mentioned. So I mean, you can yeah. get it either way. There's no win. It does come off like the Warner Brother execs are like, prove that we don't hate black people. And but, also, I mean, if if Snyder Cut does well, then everybody's going to be like, well, I really now I still want to see a, a Henry Cavill Superman because he was great in this, too. And so well, then you can have both. I mean, that's that's, I think, something right, that they haven't lot... announced both. They announced you're, one. You're right. Well, I, that's I think I honestly, truly think that at this point, any of the characters other than than Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who have already have their own really established franchises, all of those other versions of the characters are on hold until we know how well the Snyder Cut is received, because they're not going to just can all of it if it ends up being beloved mm -hmm. and they're not going to move forward with a bunch of it if, if if everybody hates it. Right. Like that's that's something. So they've um, only announced the Snyder Cut in like the last year and Men of Steel came out many, many years ago. So if they were going to make a Superman, a sequel to that movie, then they probably would have announced it well before the Snyder Cut was even a thing. I don't know why that has been on hold for so long. It's very weird. Uh, I know that Snyder wanted to have Supergirl introduced in Man of Steel uh, 2 and the studio told him no. Now she's going to be showing up in The Flash, which is interesting. Uh, so they're still doing it, but they're not doing it in a Superman movie, which seems like that would be more natural i don't know it, it's a they've dc has not handled their cinematic universe well to date not everything has been horrible but overall the management of it has been very frustrating from a fan's perspective well even a blind squirrel finds a nut occasionally so yeah it's bound to <laughs> bound to have a lucky one every few every movie or you know every few generations of movies but well <laughs> the key is behind all the good ones is you know, there's not a lot of pressure to connect them to other things. Exactly. And they find directors who are super passionate about the individual project. You know, James Wan, Patty Jenkins, they're, they were like super pumped for the whole thing. David Sandberg, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Shazam. He's one of the funniest people to follow on Twitter as far as he like really movie is. related people. So. Well, and speaking of Shazam, supposedly both Shazam and Black Adam start production in April. And also there's a rumor that now uh, Hot Girl is going to show up in, in Shazam 2 and not Black Adam. So that's interesting. Well, there's also rumors that Black Adam will show up in Shazam 2 since they're filming in the same area. And there's rumors that Black Adam oh. is going to explore Dr. Fate's origins, which is interesting. Oh, man. I love Dr. Fate. That's so that's such a cool idea. Um, I, I'm a big there's fan just so many rumors stuff. about those movies it's hard to keep track of what you know what's real and what's just speculation at this point that's true that that is absolutely a fair assessment all right so I think we've, we've kind of gone down the DC rabbit hole is there anything else news related you guys want to touch on before we switch over to WandaVision nope I do want to say that in chat they said that DCEU is basically a shit sandwich and so I have at least one person on my side with my shit analogy so thank you <laughs> 
No, you know what? Look, I appreciate the opinion. I do, but it bothers me that it just validates Ryan. That's really what bothers me. <laughs> That's why you left a, a sad reaction to it because no, I, I left a sad reaction because I I love DC. Look, you guys know I'm a huge MCU fan. I love the MCU, and I I do. But DC was my 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 home superhero group, right? Th- those are those are my guys, and you know, Green Lantern's my favorite superhero, and so I take it very personally when these things end up being really rough and you know I, the justice league film is something i had been looking forward to for an extremely long time the way people were looking forward to to end game that's what justice league was for me and they were basically completely opposite films so um you know i don't i i understand that perspective and it bothers me it bums me out that there's a lot of truth to it yeah, I get it. It bums me out too. I yeah. want it to be successful. So, yeah, that's where we are. But all right. So here's the deal. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking WandaVision episode eight previously on. So this is your spoiler warning for all of WandaVision at this point. Okay. This is your warning. We will be right back, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. We are here to talk WandaVision episode eight, previously on spoiler warnings, like we said. Okay, so guys, we finally get some, we get some backstory. We get a lot of Agatha. So there's a lot of ground to cover here. A lot of questions still unanswered, of course. But where would you guys like to start? Okay, so starting at the very beginning, this is the very first one that doesn't have... Elizabeth Olsen saying previously on WandaVision. So we didn't even get her sad voice. And I think it's because this is the first one that's completely out of the sitcom world. There's not any part of sitcom in this episode. Uh, also, it turns to purple instead of bright red. So we we know that Agatha is controlling this episode. Uh, she does explain the runes on her her bewitched basement. She flat out says bewitched, and that's <laughs> fun because her house is the identical setup outside that the bewitched house was. So that's a really fun little Easter egg. Nice. Uh, but we start with her in 1692 or 93. And, 1690s uh, she is i think that's the first mcu uh thing like chronologically to to happen so far right in the entire like mcu um, in earth we have yeah. things older because of thor we get like a lot of flashbacks to stuff in thor that's i would and imagine I mean, took place long before that i'm gonna be super nitpicky here but technically the collector started with like the big bang that's true <laughs> that's i mean true. we didn't actually yeah. see that it's just like well we know, saw the big hologram of it right we did see like the celeste celestial using the one of the stones and the big staff killing everybody you know the power stone and guardians fair enough maybe i should specify on earth yeah you should have <laughs> i mean my bad <laughs> I just had to mansplain the Marvel. that's what i like to do yeah. you know yeah i just got to do it first this time <laughs> all right so yes i basically she is being murdered <laughs> she is on trial for trying to become more powerful for embracing dark arts and we find out that this is her coven led by what I assume is her biological mother, at least the woman that raised her. And the way that when the two of them are facing off, the way that her crown uh, 
forms with the power makes me think that she is Sherna, which is a side character in Marvel, of course. And she's pretty powerful uh, in this one. She's pretty dead. But she also had a, a tome called the uh just the book of Sherna, which could be exactly what uh that book is in agatha's house i still think it's either the dark hold or the necronomicon but that's definitely a uh a, a strong possibility too i mean those two are incredibly popular so that could be it but there are over 20 30 different magic books in marvel it's true so. and i don't know most of them if it's the Necronomicon, then maybe Bruce Campbell is going to show up in Spider-Man 3 as Ash. Well, they actually said he's showing up in Doctor Strange 2. Or, or he I'm sorry, Doctor, something sorry, to, to Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, I meant Doctor well, Strange. Well, of course, Raimi is... <laughs> Contractually obligated to include Bruce and in everything. And his car. And his car. It's true. The olds. I'd be cool with that. Bring bring Ash into the MCU. Let's do it. He's already in the comic books, so why right. not? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be perfect. I'm, I'm totally well, on board with that. Well, that connects to What If and the Marvel Zombies. It's true. true. Yeah, that was a really cool scene. Um, you know, you know when, when you think of uh, what was happening in those years, you know, I expected it to be people putting her, no, like regular people putting her on trial. And it kind of twisted that, that it was her own coven putting her on trial. Um, it was a little weird that she, like, you don't really get an explanation other than she, like, read some dark stuff as to you know, how she's able to find the power to beat six other witches that are all above her in power. Mm-hmm. So that's a little weird, but uh, it was cool to see. Uh, she was kind of absorbing their power and it almost looked like she was absorbing their life force even mm-hmm. because the husks that fell to the ground were definitely like, uh, I don't know, it looks like what a vampire would leave his victim looking like with no blood in him or something like that. Well, I, I assume that's what she was doing because again, like she hasn't aged. Right. right, so I assume that's what she does. She Although she does steals. look older at the end with the kids, she does look like the way her makeup is done. They they were clearly trying to make her look a little more intense, and I think she looked a little older as a result of that. But maybe that's I don't know. I thought that was just kind of because it wasn't a fake sitcom anymore. Could be, you know. But that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, chat was wondering about a, an appearance of a character named is it, is it Thon C T H like Cthulhu. Oh, okay, like Cthulhu. Gotcha. What do you, what do you think, Ray? I have no idea who that is. Um, so I'm not too familiar with that character either. I assume that word uh, Cthonic, you know, goes with that, and ah, so I have heard some other theories that he's going to show up. I don't know. I'm still sticking with Mephisto. Yeah. Okay. So Although guys- it makes me start. This is the first episode where I started to question whether Mephisto is going to be in it or not. Because I think, <laughs> I think this late in the game to introduce another villain that's kind of like even more powerful than Agatha kind of lessens Agatha as a villain. You know, if she's just like a subordinate for somebody else, it kind of makes her, you know, if it was, if there was somebody manipulating and controlling her the whole time, that probably should have been revealed in episode eight, I would think. Right. But unless they're just going to leave it on a huge cliffhanger for Doctor Strange 2, which is entirely possible. Um, I still think we'll see Mephisto, but I think it'll be like an after credit scene or mid credit scene in the next episode. We won't get much of him if we do. That's fair. Well, we've got a poll running in chat right now in the live stream. Do you think Mephisto will show up in the Wanda's Vision season finale? Ray, do you think he will? We know Ryan's, Ryan's thoughts. I So... It would be really cool if he did. I am hoping that it's not secretly Hayward. Yeah, yeah. I really hate that theory. Yeah. I That's, I really don't want it to be Hayward. I right? really don't at this yeah, point. Me either. So I want Mephisto just in the MCU be, for a couple different reasons. One, I feel like Thanos was set up for so long and now they're going to give us multiple Thanos level villains at once, proving that, you know, the the Avengers are ready for a higher kind of war. And, but it, to me, it's more that you can't 
it, it's not as believable to have these kind of beings exist in this world and one guy is the biggest of the bads out there so i'm i'm looking forward to a phase four five and six with you know doom and kang and mephisto you know like three huge potential villains that could just universe level threats exactly you know? yeah. just it didn't make sense to me that there was just this one guy out there who everybody feared like psh, whatever and really he's like a little bitch compared to the you know mephisto he and some of these other ones for like yeah. 10 movies he just sat on his golden throne floating i still think toilet. it was a toilet yeah i yeah. still think it was a toilet oh it totally was so he didn't have to get up that's right i mean i would make a throne that was also a toilet if it was me for My sure God my god you just 3d print it exactly i'm <laughs> <Yeah>. on it <laughs> moving on uh i i again i hope it's not hayward the the things that i want to see out of this i want to see who uh jimmy woo's missing person is and at this point i don't care who it is i just it's want Ralph. this per i i honestly hope it's like norm or some shit no, yeah. I think it's going to be Ralph, and Ralph is going to turn out to be Mephisto, but we'll see. That would be cool. I like the idea of that because there are multiple fun iterations of witches marrying the devil in pop culture. And, you know, one of my favorites was um, The Witches of Eastwick. I, the movie is so good. So, so talk. So, the whole premise of the episode is that Agatha wants to figure out how Wanda is doing what she's doing. All that power drew Agatha to Westview, and she does not know how she created a spontaneous creation. She doesn't know how she's able to maintain. A lot of this because she's never seen power like that before she's only ever heard it mm -hmm. heard of it excuse me right it came across kind of like a jealous sibling where you know she had to work her whole life to be able to get this level of power whereas wanda just kind of mm -hmm. stumbled into it and this leads me this episode led me to believe that agatha is going to be more of a gray character or an antagonist rather than a full-on evil villain because while she is holding her kids hostage and doing uh, you know not an evil thing she is also forcing wanda to remember she's mm -hmm. forcing wanda to confront her tragedies which you know at times that wasn't the coolest way to go about it but she is ha wanda remembers by the end yeah right and you know it gives us a good opportunity like it's a nice narrative device to give the audience an opportunity to see some of these previous events you know get to see what her family was like we get to see the tie-in to why she kind of escaped into classic you know, 50s style sitcoms initially and, and things like that, because that's what she grew up on. She loved those things back home. And I thought we that was really cool that she stopped the bomb mm -hmm. that uh, that launched or that landed in front of her and her brother. So it wasn't just a dud. I love the idea that she had latent powers. Right. Before. And that she was just able to manipulate without even knowing what she was doing. And in the comics, her background was retcon. She is not a mutant. She is a long line of Scarlet Witches, which is basically Phoenix level character power. Um, it, she's also a nexus being, meaning she is a constant in all the universes. There are no other versions of Wanda. She is it in every universe. So uh, she's she's legit the most powerful Avengers. What they they've kind of mm -hmm. set her up as definitely of the current Avengers. Who knows what oh, we'll yeah. in the future? But well, before this, I would have said that her and Carol were tied, but now I just don't think so. I mean, Doctor Strange is way up there too. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, his, his abilities, especially by the time we see him in Infinity War, are pretty impressive. 
Um, yeah. I'd be curious to see where he is by the time we see him next. Yeah, and, and this this whole thing does kind of raise the question of where is Doctor Strange? Because the witch, uh, Agatha, said that she was drawn there by the immense amount of power. And we know that Doctor Strange pretty much always has a handle on anything magical of what's going on because, you know, he was able to find Thor on the, walking the streets with Loki and, and Ragnarok. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he mentioned there was, a, there was a line in there that where he's keeping track of, of the threats on Earth. Um, and, you know, that would be a pretty big threat. And it's not really that far from where his sanctum is right. um, geographically. So but so where is he while this is going? Maybe right. he'll show up in the last episode, but that seems I mean, like they should have called him. That's a huge problem with all of these solo outings is you'd think someone would notice if a thousand people in New Jersey was taken hostage and not just... A ridiculous government agency. Well, and Sword has access to the Avengers, right? I mean, they were able to get keep Vision's body. So it obviously, seem they have like, some level. Uh, Hayward would ever call them. No, especially not someone like Doctor Strange. Maybe he would have called Tony or Cap because they're still like basically human, you know. But yeah. Strange has such incredible abilities. I don't think Hayward would ever Hayward would ever trust him. You know, so my my assumption is Strange is off somewhere else, some other time, some other reality, some other place doing something that is important. But Strange and Wong are just like Agatha. They study to get their power to make themselves stronger, whereas with Wanda, it comes naturally or even worse, it comes from emotion. And it's possible that Strange is there. He just hasn't gone inside because he understands what it is and he doesn't want to get trapped inside because he doesn't necessarily understand the full nature of its control. It's certainly possible. It's just a little weird. Like maybe he is dimension hopping, like mentioned in chat or like you said, dealing with something somewhere else. But like surely somebody in like Wong or some of the other, you know, uh, sorcerers out there uh, would think that that maybe this is worth their attention even if hayward wouldn't call them they would somebody would be able to detect that this is happening and and go and do something it's a yeah. little weird but i i mean the show is great so i'm nitpicking with that but you know it's a problem when you have these big shared universes well so let's talk about hayward because no matter what seems to happen in this show i still hate him the most he's oh yeah <laughs> i've been saying this since the beginning that there's something going on with him he's the villain he's a villain at the very least or maybe you know he's been an antagonist so far he is just such a well, piece of shit. By the end, he is a hundred percent villain. I'm so glad that the memories that we uncovered absolved her of stealing a body because that did not make any goddamn sense to me. And no. he was the one that put it in her head that she could do it. And she it didn't even cross her mind. She wanted to say goodbye. She didn't get a funeral for her brother. Shortly thereafter, she is is confined to the Avengers compound with Vision being her only friend. So it just feels like Wanda loses everyone that she's close to. And all she wanted to do was say goodbye. And then you have this dick. I'm not totally convinced that this show is going to stop that trend of her losing everybody she cares about. Honestly, you know, there's some theories with the white vision that shows up at, at the mid credit scene um, mm-hmm. and how that could work. But I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced that that's going to be the solution to, uh, you know, bringing vision back in that maybe it's kind of a red herring and he's going to still be gone and she's just going to be a tragic character because we we're, we have reasonable suspicions that she's going to be the villain and Dr. Strange too at least for part of the movie. So it seems unlikely that if he came back and was just super happy and everybody, they could be together again, that they, she would go to be a villain in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, I think part they have to set her up as like a real villain and not an antagonist. I don't know that they have an easy job of doing that because right now she doesn't hate everybody. She hates certain people. Right. And she wants to be left alone. But what's going to happen that will force her to do something so bad that she becomes a villain for Doctor Strange that that they still have to answer. You mean like the point in House of M when she whispers no more mutants? 
and changes the whole world. But that's a different uh, version of this character, right? Sure, but it's, a, I mean, they're using some elements from that story. And I mean, all, you know, everybody has a breaking point. How much tragedy can this character take before she has that, you know what I mean? That snap, so to speak, uh, you know. I don't think it'll take much. I think she's no. clearly on the precipice at this point. So Hayward, like, yeah, he, he eggs her on. He doesn't, he actually, I'm not even sure that he knew what his plan was at that point in time, because the position that he puts her in the shock that she's about to receive that he's purposely setting up. What if she had gone off and just like, you know, blown up the building and everybody in it. I think he was just betting on that not happening. Then he's an idiot. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's also kind of an idiot because like, why would you push a character who you already know is incredibly powerful, but deeply emotionally distraught by doing that? It just seems like a, that's a dumb decision. The thing I don't get is like when they were showing his body, they had like grinders and stuff on his body. Isn't he made of vibranium? Like what is a grinder going to do to vibranium? You know, they were clearly just trying to get a rise out of her. It's not going to do anything. I don't know because they, they still find a way to disassemble him. Well, I'm sure there's nuts and bolts, but like, are are there, there's the the, the way he's built in silver war doesn't show any of that stuff. Well, it's Tony Stark. So he's using advanced, you know, assembly methods i'm sure but i'm pretty sure and none of them involve using a grinder to cut an uncuttable material apart no no but i just think in age of ultron but like you know we don't there's no nuts and bolts he's he's basically 3d printed you know out of out of vibranium and other synthetic materials but i don't know the way they handle vibranium in the ncu is inconsistent because it's indestructible but you can form it which well that's the same way adamantium is in the in the comic books you can like melt adamantium once and then once it forms you can't do it again if i remember right you can only you please correct me ray if i'm wrong on that but no, uh, i thought i remember reading how that. it's treated but no anytime there is a weird substance and you have multiple writers using it you know it things get messy <laughs> yeah chat had a good thought though that maybe they're they're using stuff from the battle in new york so you know that chachari technology or something like that that would that would work well yeah we know thanos was able to shatter cap's shield in uh in endgame so mm-hmm. you know they can, it can be broken yeah at a certain power level but yeah it's a little weird you know, they show like the arm or whatever, just like sliding apart with a weird kind of fleshy noise. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like a hexagon piece of like dermis in there. Um, well, I, I assume you would call it a dermis on something like that. It's like several <laughs> layers of skin deep. I'm but, not, I, mean, I, w- I don't know what you'd call it, but I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it identifies it. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a weird scene. It was definitely not cool. Like, it's very morbid you know this is a this is a cyborg of course but you know you're just seeing a lifeless head on there from somebody that you you know have seen this whole show alive and like pretty caring and generally a nice guy just laying there gray with a piece of it missing Mm -hmm. i mean that was pretty morbid for a disney thing honestly yeah there's a lot of stuff in this where when you break it down it's kind of sad like it's not kind of sad it's just full-on depressing yeah well, yeah. that brings us to, you know, a pretty emotional scene between Wanda and Vision that takes place, I guess, bef- you know, prior to Civil War, um, sometime shortly after Age of Ultron, because uh, she's you know still very much mourning her brother. Not that she ever really stops mourning her brother, but this seemed pretty fresh um, yeah. that, you know, uh, I want to make sure I get the the quote right. But what is grief but love? uh persisting persevering persevering uh it's a really good quote and a really great definition of grief at least for me i felt like that was a really great way to articulate the feeling um and for that to come from vision of all people i love the vision character i love paul's version of vision i think it's just a really cool character um and this just made me love him even more so I don't know how many brownie points I'm going to get with my husband here, but when I heard that line come from the synthesoid, I immediately thought of the line in Wrath of Khan that Shatner delivers where he's like, out of every soul I've met, his was the most human. So 
it just it made me think that the the people that these characters created in pop culture that are supposed to be emotionless or robotic or you know learning human traits just ends up being the most human out of all of us that's because this is really the only way you can give a character arc to a robot i mean but yes i agree it's it's uh it, it he does uh, at times and this seemed to be more human than most of the avengers uh you know based on what we've seen of them so yeah it it definitely is pertinent i mean he's he's a yeah he's very human and very in touch despite being a synthesoid or you know whatever you want whatever he's called in this i do feel i have to point out that the line struck uh a beautiful chord with a good majority of fans a lot of people really liked that line and it has stood out been represented in fan art and now because of how much people have connected with the line there are assholes saying you know well it's a stupid line and of course everybody loves it it's you know what are you uh, trying to prove by saying it's a good line and like people are just jerks so go be a jerk somewhere else that's all <laughs> i'm gonna say just let people have this beautiful line it, it to me it's arguably one of the best things a marvel writer has written yeah <laughs> out of mcu stuff it's one of yeah. the best written lines it's it's a very pretty well thought out line. I, I think it's very meaningful and, and works really well. And it, you know, the the vision character in the MCU has kind of been it's very similar to the non-human character on the main cast of various Star Trek shows. You know, your Spock, your data, your EMH doctor. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're more of the audience lens into the world in a way, because they're analyzing that world constantly. They're outsiders to the world like we are. Um, and sometimes that's the best way for the audience to make a connection to that fictional world. And I think that the, the WandaVision show has really given vision a way to cement that legacy for that character in the MCU. Um, I, I am at this point pretty convinced that we're not going to see him again after this season. I think he's probably done as sad as that will make me, but yeah, I think that's the reality. That's okay. This is, I feel, a really good jumping off point. I I think it's a nice end to his legacy. Mm -hmm. He's been playing the character for, you know, 12 years now. I think as far as character arcs go, you know, it, you can't really beat. He, he didn't get his own movie, but still, I mean, it's this this show is more content than a movie would have been anyway, even if he had to share it with Wanda. So, yeah, yeah if this is the end, I'm not 100 percent convinced this is the end for him. Um, that is certainly a an option, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I it if it is, I think that that's fine, and you know, he's a good character and yeah. was a good character and had a good arc and you know really resonated through this show so yeah i mean if that's it then that's it and and i appreciate that mm-hmm. so by the end of their little journey through the past agatha discovers that wanda uses chaos magic as her power yeah, she source. calls that chaos yeah. magic yeah right um it, which has been something agatha or wanda has used multiple times um but the source of her magic and what it's called has changed so many times you know in just a few issues later dr strange is like there's no such thing as chaos magic blah 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 so you know that at that point i think dropping the scarlet witch line dropping the probability hex and dropping the chaos magic lines are all fun fan service and could mean literally nothing. <laughs> I I actually liked how they brought the Scarlet Witch name into the MCU because uh, that is kind of a weird name, like mm-hmm. in in a realistic setting. So the fact that it's like a trait that's passed down through families or something like that, a title that's passed down through fa- that, that's a cool that it's a title and not like a superhero name. I think is uh, 
is a pretty cool way of handling that. So I'm pretty happy with that. I am too. Uh, I really hated how we didn't try to do it in Age of Ultron, or no, not Age of Ultron. It was Civil War and it was the Russos where after the explosion in Lagos, they had those news tickers say the witch, whatever. And I, I thought that was silly. Uh, we also get the vision that she has, you know, when she comes in contact with the stone and then you kind of see, you know, you kind of see her as the Scarlet Witch, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of unclear as to whether that's like another multiverse version of her, like mm. reaching out or like if that's her future or what it is. But yeah, it was definitely a cool, cool to see her with the headpiece and, you know, in the full outfit and everything. I'm hoping I'm sure we'll get to see that in this last episode. I'm really hoping so, because the pieces of costume that we've gotten to see so far look really great. And it's, it'd be a huge waste if we didn't actually get to see it, you know? The yeah. director of this episode, I think did a great job for their backstory. Just the young Pietro and Wanda. And I thought this was a really strong way to show their backstory. It's kind of a shame they didn't do that as the opening scene to Age of Ultron. It would have been incredibly powerful and got you on the twin side pretty fast instead of warming up to them the way the Avengers did. But saving it for now and uncovering all of this is poetic tragedy, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like the way they were handled earlier on because it gives them a reason to not quite trust everybody and vice versa. Which mm-hmm. le- leads into this show really well. I think if we already had this backstory, then it would be even harder to be on the side of Sword at the beginning of the show. Now, of course, with Hayward, you know, like if you're still on the side of Sword, I mean, then you're a bad guy. I don't know what to tell you. But um, early on, though, you know, an argument can be made. This woman took, you know, complete captive of a town. <laughs> you know, she probably needs to be stopped. That sounds like a reasonable sentence, right? Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I liked the flashbacks. I liked kind of getting to see these moments and filling out those characters was was really cool. Uh, and we do have, of course, the the mid credit scene. Do you have anything you want to talk about before we get to that? No, um, no, I think we covered most of the stuff. I mean, the the scene where she goes to the house and has the um, the like floor plan or whatever that was with the heart and the v on it um it was interesting it said the vision on the sheet which is cool that they're kind of going with the the comic book you know nomenclature there but uh yeah i mean that shows that like kind of shows that the heart on the the calendar the relation there uh, from the first episode um you know yeah it, that was emotional right like mm-hmm. yeah it was a tough scene I mean, Elizabeth Olsen has done a really great job. And, you know, if they're not nominated for something, her and Paul Bettany, then that'll be really disappointing. I mean, I, I really think all three of them should be nominated because Catherine's been just an, an amazing supporting character as well. Um, I think all three of them, I think, deserve nods for this. This has been, you know, just a, a really unique experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know. For sure. So the mid credit scene. Yes. More proof Hayward's a jerk. So we get another vision, kind of, sort of. We get the white vision that has been, I guess, kind of teased and um, set up. But he, this is straight out of the comics. He was, after he was dismantled, he was put back together to use as a weapon. His memories had been wiped and he was basically uh you know ultron light why did his color change it was just (laughs) a comic thing to symbolize that he wasn't the same anymore it was west coast avengers right that's that's the one that he showed up in but why on the show did his color change (laughs) because like they have all the material right like did they they paint him i mean (laughs) was that a step like sorry we're not ready yet Hey, we're, we got to finish a second coat. Like, is that what the conversation well, he was? He turned gray when he got killed. So, yeah. you know, yeah. who knows? 
having a different power source maybe change the color. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, I doubt it was paint, but um, was, I'm being facetious, but yeah. Uh, but you do see like a little arc reactor, like Tony's, uh, like not square, but almost trapezoidal looking mm-hmm. arc reactor, but a tiny version in his forehead. Um, yeah. which if they were going to bring vision back without the mind stone, then I guess that's how you do it. Um, you know, we don't know that that's going to happen. You know, you have the idea that that this uh vision is kind of like the soulless weapon corpse of yeah. vision and that the soul of vision is actually the one in the bubble it can't leave so they just combine the two and now you have vision back that's a theory that's out yeah. there yeah i don't know if that'll be what happens um you know i kind of hope that happens because i like vision i don't want him to go away but uh you know is over at this point that's where I'm kind of stuck is like on the personal level I want, that's what I want to see happen. Right. I want to see them kind of fight each other and then vision realize that he can essentially like reach inside and take over, you know, but that's because I love the character. And I think realistically you're right. His arc has, is over. His story has been told. And you know, this, this is kind of the end of that as, as sad as that might make me, that doesn't mean it's a bad story. Right. You know, sad doesn't mean bad. Now, uh, the MCU has a different opportunity than the comics do. In the comics, you know, it's really difficult to kill off a character permanently because you, the whole point is you want to continue stories so new fans will love them just as much as we do. But in the films, these actors' lives are finite and they want to move on and do other things too. So it when their time comes it doesn't it's different for everybody so if paul bettany is continuing they are doing a fantastic job of not telling us if he's in dr strange or not or you know the next avengers team up so i totally respect the storytelling coming here and i'm not going to be upset if this is it because this journey of his has been really beautiful and well-rounded and to your point about dr strange too and everything i think it's a lot harder to make wanda a villain if vision is alive well i again i don't think they are doing a full villain thing with her that's that's fair but it really does feel like she's just destined to be the sad person and so she might just end up having to die eventually because if they keep removing people and parts of her life that she loves like what else is there it's just at some point a person is just too sad to go on like that and that's a very depressing thing to say but (laughs) they do keep shitting on wanda (laughs) yeah so so the prevailing theory that i like or the, maybe it's not the prevailing theory, but the theory I like about the white vision is that uh, it's actually Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they've had James Spader on the IMDb for a long time. And a lot of people just brushed it off, and including me. Uh, you know, I thought it was just people just assuming. But I mean, maybe he actually is like Ultron in this vision body. And that's their way of bringing, bringing vision into a rain ultron back into the mcu and uh you know if they had vision or had ultron in vision's body that's a really something that would definitely set scarlet witch off right like (laughs) you definitely want to be a villain at that point and you know sword could paint her as a villain because she's fighting somebody that's trying to help uh you know sword is presenting as somebody trying to help Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot that would work out really well with that um and it would continue paul bettany in the mcu which is great um so paul bettany and james spader you know kind of as a commingling yeah it's a little weird kind of like you know silver silver surfer or something Mm -hmm. like that Um, yeah yeah i I definitely heard that i think it is it's a good way to bring back that villain who you know they could clearly do a lot of of interesting things with and i think could be a lot more interesting of a villain with iron man out of the picture because you know there's a little there's a little too much overlap in their abilities to to keep it interesting for long well and ultron has daddy issues so (laughs) if if tony stark isn't there then that's a good point yeah 
So do you think Paul Bettany's uh, all these times he's in interviews and stuff, he's talked about this cameo. Do you think it's actually himself and he's just been trolling everybody? Man, I saw, I read that, right? Cause the, the, so for people who don't know, the quote is that he's going to be, he got to act against somebody he's never had an opportunity to act against before. And he's always wanted to. He's always wanted to. And so now the, 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 the joke, the, the not so joke joke is that he meant himself. And that means, you know, visions and vision are going to go up against each other, which I think is pretty inevitable at this point. Oh yeah. Um, I think that that's hilarious. The only reason I don't necessarily believe that is because I think Marvel would not have been happy with it because it, it set up a bunch of expectations that that will not meet. Right. And so I'm a little worried that um, it, if it is that it's a joke that went too far and people are going to be really pissed. Maybe. I mean, there's no way he could have known that it would blow up like that, you know? Um, but if anything, it's brought more eyes on the show. So I doubt Marvel will be that upset about I mean, it. That's, really. that's fair. I mean, it depends how angry people are when, you know, Ian McKellen doesn't show up at the end of the show. <laughs> Cause that was a theory for a while. I yeah. have a feeling that this is, one of those things where fans have theorized how it's going to end so much that there will be a faction of people no matter what who will just be beyond disappointed yeah essentially true and i mean somebody probably got the answer right at this point yeah Yeah. there's only so many possibilities i don't know if it's mephisto then it could be anybody (laughs) you know what i mean any actor uh, you know, we heard we've heard the leak, uh, yeah. the, the supposed leak, um, but it really it could be anybody. So mm-hmm. you know, if it's Mephisto, there's a lot of doors wide open and maybe nobody guessed it because there's a lot of actors that could play that role. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a good spot to stop. Next week, we'll be back to discuss the season finale of wandavision i'm sure we'll have a lot to say about how they uh, either do or do not wrap things up i'm sure that there'll be a lot uh, there um well maybe there'll be a stinger for falcon at the end of it or something i guess we'll have to wait and see they did More release strange too i think they did release the runtime it'll be 50 minutes long Ooh. so the longest episode yeah because mm-hmm. i think this one was what like 40 43 or 47 something like that it was definitely one of the longer episodes so there you have it so that's what we're doing uh don't forget the week of march 22nd we're doing two episodes that week on monday the 22nd we will be reviewing Zack snyder's justice league the snyder cut all four hours and two minutes of it uh we'll be discussing live on that monday and then the following day on our normal time we will be reviewing the season premiere and series premiere of the falcon and the winter soldier so be sure to uh block out your calendars for that so you can join us live and chat during the show I do want to thank everybody who did chat with us during the show. We had some good conversations and questions and suggestions. So thank you very much to everybody who joined us. I really appreciate it. Again, we're live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Screen Heroes podcast Facebook page. Don't forget to join our Screen Heroes podcast forum group on Facebook. We talk news, memes. We do tournaments and polls and lots of cool stuff. So you can come join all the fun conversation there as well. Follow the show at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter and Instagram or DoricoStudios.com where you can stream it. We're on all of your podcast apps. You name it, you got it. If you can't find it, you let me know. I am at the Star Trek Dude. Ryan, where can people find you? At Buster Props. And Ray, where can people find you? At Siren Ray. And that is us. We are Screen Heroes. Thank you for joining us. We will catch you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.